Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back to another episode of Rock and Reacts from inside of uh, Jaden's lovely car because the entire exterior of Kroger Field is filled with vehicles that are being very loud currently. Um, it's currently 12.30 East Coast time following Mizzou's 38-21 win over Kentucky. Um, and it was really, it was, it was a tale of one quarter versus three quarters for, for the Tigers tonight. It was a lot of a quick start from the home team. Momentum was really on their side. Fan base responded well. You saw Brady Cook throw an uncharacteristic interception. You saw Luther Burden have an uncharacteristic drop. Uh, defense was, Ray Davis was running all over them early on. It just, it, it seemed like, you know, Wildcats had a good game plan coming in, yes, but Mizzou really got um, kind of hurt by just a slow start out of the gates. But so, it, in looking at this initially, as we'll tackle the negative first before we get into the final three quarters, what... Your thoughts during that first quarter and what you thought this might have been leading to from a zoo in this game. I'm going to be honest with you. We, we probably all thought that this game was over. I mean, Kentucky, in this adverse weather conditions, they play, they had like the right game play, like an old school style of football, especially with, in this weather. It was raining. It was cold. Run the ball and play defense. And that's exactly what they did in the first quarter. They ran all over Missouri. Ray Davis was getting what he wants. Stimulary. He had a rushing touchdown as well. Called his own number. They ran a reverse also and picked up. Um, a first down, I think it's before their first touchdown. So, yeah, we thought it was over that. They were going to take control of this game by establishing the run game and, you know, playing defense. Brady Cook threw an interception. Like, uh, Bird was – there was two defenders on him, and he, I think – as someone would say, he may have underthrew him, but he was picked off. So, it was just the un, un, uncharacteristic, like you said, for him. And, you know, it was just Missouri not playing well and then Kentucky just coming out and looking like, the, like they're going to win the national championship. So. Yeah. But then, of course, that all changes. It reminded me a lot of their performance against Florida, and they did that for four quarters really against them. But, yeah, I mean, you saw Kentucky come out red hot and kind of just take this kind of game by the scruff of the neck. And and it looked like Mizzou was going to be down and out, and this was going to be another here we go again. You know, you're going to move on to losing eight out of the past nine versus Kentucky. But instead, some things happened. A, you had Luke Bauer, uh, the the hero of tonight, who changed the entire game with his uh, 39-yard touchdown to Marquise Johnson on a fake punt. Uh, we, we got to speak to him after the game, which was phenomenal. He, he said a little bit how he was worried. Yeah. He, he might've over or underthrown Marquise, but when he knew that Marquise, he couldn't overthrow him. So, um, but an incredible call, a gutsy one that they'd been working on all week. Coaching staff had said they had, they had seen what Kentucky, the Kentucky goes safe when you cross the 50 on punts. So they knew they would have a look at it. Um, coach Eric link, special teams coordinator called it out. They got that play going. That changed everything. It was a 38, seven run, uh, after that play, uh, early in the second quarter, you saw just a ton of resilience on both sides of the ball. The defense adjusted. Blake Baker made some great changes to, to A, limit Ray Davis, but B, you saw D-Rob and Johnny Walker really all over uh, Devin Leary tonight. I've combined for three sacks, four and a half tackles for loss. Defense really stepped up. You saw a lot of young members of the secondary that we'll touch on really step up in the absence of Ennis Rakestraw, namely Marcus Clark, um, Drake Norwood, guys like that. 
And offensively, it wasn't Cook's best night, but you saw Cody Schrader do some productive things. Theo Weiss really stepped up when he needed to. Mookie Cooper as well. Brett Norfleet in his first start uh, as a Missouri Tiger had four catches, really looked looked great. And they were, they were running plays designed for him, honestly, mm-hmm. as a freshman, which was impressive to see. So... It was incredible. Drinks kind of his demeanor after the game was one slightly full of shock almost that, you know, we just did that. But he was very just complimentary of the, everybody in that locker room, the coaching staff being able to fight back. And it, it was incredibly impressive to watch how it switched. And even when Kentucky went up 21-20 in the third quarter, there was no they weren't phased at all. Mizzou wasn't. They, they still kind of rallied and and put that game away. So. I mean, your reaction, I mean, A, with how that first quarter went compared to the rest of the game, and then, and then B, just, you know, what, how this team is different than teams of years past with what they were able to do tonight. You know, all it takes is, all it takes is one play, that play by Luke Bauer. Football, that's how football is. One player, can, one play can flip the entire game, and that play by Luke Bauer to Marquis Johnson down there near the end zone was just outstanding, and you could kind of feel the whole stadium just kind of went. It kind of went silent. Like everyone, even up in the press box, it just seemed like we were all shocked. And that was just like a jolt of momentum that just shifted into Missouri's way. And then that just it just transpired and that just kept the residue from that just kept going and going and, you know, spilling into the rest of the game and all three phases of the game, just complimentary football, offense, defense, special teams, just went out and attacked Kentucky. And it was very symbolic that they um broke this decade long streak. And, you know, talk about how this is different from Missouri teams in the past. It felt like when you were watching Mizzou, you know, these past few years, it was like, oh, it's like, oh, how are they going to mess up? You know, it was kind of like you're just playing tight. You're just watching the game. You just feel all up tight because you knew something was probably going to happen, like the Georgia game last year or something like that. But now it feels like, especially when I'm watching them, I'm like, you know, Kentucky goes down and scores, we just take the lead. And I'm like, Missouri's about to respond. <laughs> That's how I was feeling. Like, I knew Missouri's about to go back downfield and score. And I think it's just something like, especially with this offense and Kirby Moore coming over, it just feels you just know that this offense is going to be productive and this defense is already dominant as it is. And it's been kind of that way for the last year and a half now. So it just feels like this is a very complete team that we really haven't seen, honestly, since the last time Missouri won here in Lexington. At, Kroger Field. That's probably really the last time you can say, like, you have a real good, well-rounded team like this, and you got a good offensive, defensive coordinator as well, and that's just been the biggest difference this year is that that has transitioned into wins, wins over Middle Tennessee State, Lake, um, K-State, Memphis, all those games, and it's just, it, it feels special. It feels like this team, we'll get into it later, but it feels like this team has New York, new year six potential in it, mm-hmm. and that's what we were talking about on this way to the car, but um, like I said, it's just you you know you can feel that it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it definitely seems like it's it's no matter the scenario that this team is in at this point in the season. Because I mean, through these these uh, six games now, um, or excuse me, seven games. I apologize. They're they're bowl eligible now. If people did not know. Um, but it, through these seven games, they've been through just probably every scenario you can be through in a mm-hmm. football game in terms of close games, blowouts, you know, playing a, a team like NTSU that they should have blown out and they didn't, and then kind of, you know, potentially playing above uh, their capabilities, you know, maybe tonight or against uh, K-State, whatever, what have you. But, yeah, I think it is just you have trust in this team that Brady Cook can go out there and put together a scoring draft if it needs it. The defense can get you a stop if they really need it. There's a lot of trust with that. And then kind of building on the defense performance, that was the big storyline in the past couple weeks was what's happened to Blake Baker defense? Why can't they register turnovers? Why is the secondary struggling so much in coverage? You know, a lot of that was obviously Jaden Daniels is a magician and LSU's offense is incredible. But you saw some signs against Vandy and K-State of of some struggles as well. This is outside of the first quarter an incredible – 
potentially the best performance the defense has had all season. Mm-hmm. And it came without your star cornerback and his rake straw. Um, Chris Abrams' drain was phenomenal, especially. I mean, his recovery on a couple of those balls, yeah. especially his interception, was incredible. And he had one the interception called back, I believe. Too, exactly. Right? Which Drinkwitz was very, he didn't want to get fined, but he was very, uh, we'll he, he was not happy we'll, about that. We'll exactly. That was an interception. Yeah. Um, but KD was per usual. The, the big thing was Marcus Clark came up big. D Rob and Johnny Walker off, off the edge seemed like they're really settling in. Johnny Walker responded great after being ejected last week against, mm-hmm. against LSU. It seemed like linebacker play was solid. I thought Hop, Hopper was. A little bit rough early on, but I started to see him kind of get more aggressive as the game went on and looking a bit like his older self. Um, it was it was a really positive sign, and especially if you get Rake Straw back, you know, and Chad Bailey hopefully gets 100% pretty yep. soon as well. You know, you're seeing a steady improvement. I think Blake Baker's shown throughout his coaching career that he's great at making adjustments, not just in game, but throughout the season. So is this was tonight kind of a sign of life for this defense? You know, what was the LSU game? Just LSU's offense is elite. Um, and Mizzou's defense is still, uh, you know, what it was mm-hmm. last season, especially going forward where you got South Carolina down the stretch, who's a pretty potent offense. Tennessee's the same way. You're going to have some tougher tests than tonight, but just your thoughts on kind of, is this a true improvement from the defense side? Oh, of course it was, especially when you compare that to what Jaden Daniels did to this defense um, last week as well. You know, they, they made some adjustments. Drinkwood said that Kentucky was catching them off guard with some different things that they hadn't seen all season with some motions and stuff like that. It looks like guys were in the right gaps early on, but then from there on, they were just shutting things down um, up on the defensive line. Like you said, Johnny Walker, Darius Robinson, phenomenal phenomenal games. They were getting to the quarterback, you said, with three sacks. And then there was a sequence late in the game where Missouri's secondary, they had about three straight plays. I mean, Travis Johnson flew across yeah. the field and laid a hit on Ray Davis. And then um, I think it was Marcus Clark. He had another play right after that. Then there was somebody else on the fourth down play, unless that was Clark on fourth down, that got them off the field. I think it was an interception maybe yeah, I think on that same possession. But that was just very symbolic of what the secondary did tonight, especially without your other premier cornerback. So that was a, it's a, it was a very confident final three quarters, I would say, from this defense. And moving forward, you got South Carolina, Tennessee, of course, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas. It was You needed a defensive performance like that to kind of instill confidence moving forward over these final five games left in the regular season. And I think a great thing for the defense as well, because I both sides of the ball are fairly banged up at this point. Defense probably more so. Mm-hmm. Mizzou hasn't hit the bye week yet. They've got a, a later bye week than most teams this season. That really helps when you're going to enter that last uh, four-game, I believe four-game stretch, yeah, yeah. Um, at the end of the season to be to be fully healthy for that coming off the bye. Got to get through Carolina next week, obviously, and that's kind of leads us into what, what, what we got to talk about next. You've got now – the SEC East race, it, it's fairly open. Georgia Georgia today against Vanderbilt, really, they were down 7-0 early. We're kind of in a bit of a dogfight throughout the game and pulled away late. Um, you saw Florida go on the road and pull off a uh, shootout win over South Carolina. Tennessee looked iffy against AM, but still got the win. There's a lot... There's a lot about there's a lot unknown about the SEC East right now. And Mizzou now moves, as I said earlier, tied for second place with Florida. Um, no head to head there. Obviously, they haven't played yet. Um, a game back of Georgia, obviously. You get the dogs coming off the bye week in Athens. Florida comes to Columbia. Tennessee comes to Columbia. Um, and South Carolina comes to Columbia. You've only got one more road SEC East game uh, on the docket. Is, uh, a, does this team look like a team that's capable of winning the SEC East and representing that division in the SEC title game? And, and B, just what realistically, what would you consider a success to see them finish out the season, especially compared to how the rest of the East looks? Um, and also just the South Carolina game next week. 
you also just can't have a hangover going into it. I think that's the biggest thing. Before the bye week, you've got to finish things strong. It's going to be homecoming. There's going to be a lot of attention on it. But, you know, just finishing this year strong in the way you would want after this great start, what do you think needs to happen? Well, like you said, I think the East is wide open. And that's, 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 it's going to be fun these uh, fat past um, week, these, these next couple of weeks, it is going to be really fun of what's going to happen because Georgia, Georgia doesn't look like 2020, 2021, 2022 Georgia. Mm-hmm. They really don't. And I think, you know, Carson Beck is not the quarterback they had last year. And that's a big part of it. This defense, it's not, hasn't been generational as it was the past couple of years. So going in that game in Athens, not looking too far ahead. That game doesn't look as, you know, doom and gloom as it once mm. has especially these past 10 years except the last time you won in Athens it doesn't look as bad and then you have South Carolina Tennessee and Florida they're not they're not all as good as LSU was yeah let's be honest with that they're not as good as LSU was and Mizzou had a double digit lead on LSU mm. I mean that was very impressive last week as well so just looking ahead this east it's winnable this some this is where something to prove is going to have to come mm-hmm. to fruition like these games these next four or five games are going to be very winnable. And in terms of what a successful season looks like, in my eyes, you have to get really you're at seven, what, seven wins? You're at six wins right six now. Okay, so I would say eight plus wins. Mm-hmm. You know, you finish eight, eight and four, nine and three, or ten and two for the regular season. That's that's a real successful season. Now you can't lose out now and finish six and six again. You can't we can't keep being five hundred now, but be something else. and seven wins, that means you only win one more game. Yeah going through so a lot of people are going to be disappointed heading into bowl season so i would say you get eight eight wins or more for the rest of the regular season it's a very successful campaign in my eyes yeah. it's already been successful the way we've seen through six weeks and i don't i don't expect them to lose out so yeah. i said heading into the season if you get seven more wins that you it's going to be a great year but if you get eight more this year which should be the expectation it's that's fine. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest thing. I mean, yeah, I think you saying that's already been a success up to this point. There, there's a, a a visible, noticeable difference about the way this team carries themselves, the way they play on the field. I mean, you can a go into the schemes of both sides of the ball, specifically offense, and say how big of an improvement that's been. But just the resilience, the, the togetherness of this team that that you always hear about. It sounds like cliche, but this team it does seem like it is really true. Um, Darius Robinson even was quoted uh, post game tonight saying, you know. When I came back to college, this is what I envisioned in my final year. I wanted this type of brotherhood. I want to be in these types of games. And I wanted to be not fighting for bowl eligibility at the end of November against Arkansas. I wanted to be bowl eligible in mid-October. And that's what he's got now. But his other main point was that now is not the time to just rest on those laurels. Now you almost have to turn it up more to be able to continue competing. I do agree. Every game left in the schedule I think is perfectly winnable. I really do. I think marching into Sanford is a very difficult task regardless of how Georgia is. Um, I think the main issue with Georgia this year is their defense is just not a, a lot more breakdowns in years past and just they don't have the same caliber of, of at least veteran NFL talent at the moment that they have in years past. Uh, some of the younger guys certainly are. Um, but I mean, I really think I'll go higher than you. I think nine wins minimum. I think anything less than nine at this point, just what this team has showed in the field. And you're looking at, I mean, South Carolina should be a victory. Florida, I think, should be a victory. Tennessee should be a victory. That gets you to nine. Arkansas on the road as a rivalry game, and they're probably going to be a desperate Arkansas team at the end of the season. That's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be a dogfight, as as is every game at the end yeah. of the day. Mizzou, the big thing they said in the post game was that all week they had talked about this game being a street fight. And Kentucky, yeah, at was, times on the field, it made it a street fight with their some of the chippiness after the yeah. play. You saw Brady Cook even getting into it with some guys. So. 
Certainly interesting, uh, incredibly, I mean, entertaining game, uh, specifically to cover, but I would assume obviously as fans as well. Um, that wraps it up for, for our episode here. Uh, we'll be back uh, live from Perot Field next week for homecoming at home against South Carolina. We'll see you all then. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks.